All right. So you guys want to talk a little bit about the collab and, you know, like the motivation and story behind your artwork? Yeah, I can, I can probably take that one. So like generally uh, a lot of people who have followed my, my following, there's this uh, book project I've been working on for a while. It's called Numinous. And uh, it's, it's the story about this traveler that sort of crash lands on a distant planet. It's, it's not, not the stereotypical I'm an astronaut in space kind of thing, but it almost could be. I, I don't think the NFT space needs more of that. So it's not quite that. And it, this existed long before the space did. Um, so basically, this is a project I've been working on for about four-ish, five-ish years. And it started as like a personal sort of art exploration when I kind of, I, I stepped away from uh, art uh, for a while, for about a year. I've been doing this for 10 years. It's here around the five, five-year mark, four and a half, five-year mark. I, I just wasn't happy with where I was in. I stopped for about a year, kind of stepped away came back to it, fresh eyes, fresh perspective, realized I still, everything that I saw that I could get hired to do, given my current portfolio and current skill set at that time, wasn't going to actually make me happy at the end of the day. So I just said, kind of, fuck it. I'm not going to really try to appeal to the trends. I'm just going to start drawing whatever I want. I'm going to think back to all the things I used to love. Like I got, I got a Mononoke shirt on right now. There's Gundams and Evangelions behind me. It's, it's, it's like a weeb paradise in here. All right. I was like, I'm just going to get back to what I enjoy. I'm just going to start drawing the weird stuff. If it, if it gets me hired, fine. If it doesn't, I don't give a shit. At least I'm happy doing my own thing. So I started doing that. And the weirdest thing happened, you know, people start going, Hey, you know, this is great. Like I would buy a book of this when enough people, and when enough people say like, just make a book, you got to make a book. So I made a book. It took a while. I, I finished the first book. It's about a four part series, but the first book takes uh, let's see. It's, it's sort of the, de the descent of the traveler into this, this world, this sentient world known as Numinous. It's very similar to uh, that movie Annihilation and that sort of story of this. There, there's this sort of, I don't know if you've ever seen, I don't know if you're familiar with Annihilation, but there's this sort of, this thing called the glimmer, which is this sort of bubble, this sort of otherworldly ethereal bubble that you walk into. And it's a whole world of just crazy madness where everything's discombobulated and transformed and morphed. And it's, it's just, it's, it is a place that is here, but it is not here. It's something else, right? Numinous is very much that as a planet. It's this plane of existence that this traveler finds themselves in. Uh, and it's sort of a story of acceptance. I don't want to give away the whole thing, but it's, uh, it's being, it's being written as we speak, but like the first book is done and it's been done. It just hasn't been available to the public, um, which is where nifty comes in. This is where it's going to change. But basically, you know, my audience has watched me make this book project a project into a book, right? There's a difference between a project and a product. And like, there's a big difference. And when you actually start making things that you can tangibly hold, you know the difference, right? It's really easy to throw a bunch of teasers up on online and go, ah, look at my project. You could do that forever. But to like finish making something and, you know, holding it in your hand, it's completely different. So I got to that point with the project in 2019, uh, but I haven't really had a way to distribute book one. It's just been kind of sitting and I've taken it to conventions a couple of times here and there, but it's, it's nothing that can really get into the hands of anyone. You know, it had one print run. It hasn't been reprinted ever since. It's never been available online as a book. You know, it's, you can see a lot of the visuals, but there's a lot of new stuff that I haven't released. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that hasn't been made yet. And basically this drop is sort of the look into the first chapter of this story. And like part of what's going to be available in the drop will be the actual physical book itself, which is great. You've got this pile of digital content. It's awesome. And I know it's not for everyone. Uh, I, I, the, the, I, it's so mixed, the opinions I hear from collectors. Some people like the physical merchandise. Some people go, what the fuck? That defeats the whole point of NFTs. I want it to be all digital. You know, it's, it's all kind of preference, obviously, but I find that it's still, as someone who grew up with books, like loving books, and I've, I've got a whole collection to my, to my right over here, you know, nothing beats like the tangible product still in my mind. And, and that's something that I, I love to offer both to people, you know, anyone who follows me, anyone who's wanted work of mine before or doesn't know my work at all. And, you know, I mean, I would do, I would do anything I could with this book project. I would, 
I mean, I don't even think of it as a book. I think of it as an entire universe. You know, if I had, if I had the tools and the skill set, I would make this a VR AR experience, like a crazy tripped out puzzle game or something like that. I, you know, you could turn it into an IP. I've not an IP, sorry, uh, like a full length feature film or like a, a 20 episode anime. Like, and I've been approached a couple of times by studios. It hasn't really gone anywhere. It's, it's still very much just my thing and no one's really touched it. Maybe that'll change one day. But I think like the NFT space is like, the next step in like what I can do with this, this, this IP of mine. And it's never been more accessible and more easily shared like before, like until now, like with this NFT space and like th this numinous project, it's, it's like, it's going to be like the first big release of that will be this drop with you guys. And a fantastic aspect to that is adding great music. I don't know. Gee, who can make music? Mm, Suck Lord, you know anyone? You know, I do <laughs> actually. I know a couple guys. All right, well. we can help you out with that. Um, no, uh, basically to kind of further Robbie um, again, and uh, let's just for all pretends to say like you know I'm a, I'm a new Robbie fan. Um, <clears throat> he uh, we connected briefly on uh, the Nifty Gateway Discord uh, and just exchanged some words and stuff like that, and it was just. I'm very dismissive of people like usually when it's like, Hey man, you want it? And I'm like, eh, you know, but, but I, I do do my, my digging, uh, you know, when I'm approached by anyone, you know, uh, and again, uh, Robbie Trevino, the name didn't like fucking, you know, scream. How uh, dare you? Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, but, but, but I, I looked into it and man, I did not regret it because uh, like he said, it's uh, Robbie's style is very anthropomorphized, uh, like vegetation and mech. And, yeah. you know, it's really great. I love the vibe. Right. And so as I'm uh, he's showing me some of the, the works that we won't uh, really go into too detail about. It was the way that you can anthropomorph anthropomorphize like of a certain type of vegetation to be this abstraction of like with 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 that tech panel, that mech layover that's not too intrusively biomech kind of look it's actually very organic and somber uh i call it know. i call it flesh tech that's flesh tech flesh yeah tech. okay yeah that, so should, that, that of, should be a new song let's yeah. do it <laughs> it's a Clip new it. genre Clip it's it. a new genre yeah. flesh tech flesh um, tech <laughs> so uh you know I, I i come from like i am a fan not like a a fanatic but i really gravitated towards that art style just due to my past of you know i i loved um my entry to that kind of fantasy alternate reality world of illustration through michael plug brian froud and stuff like that uh of course i'm a musician so i just you know i grew up with music and that and that impacts me more creatively usually than than the illustrations uh just because i'm not an illustrator myself and it, i just don't gravitate toward it that much but as a human i i i, I like aesthetic when I look at something and, and it's like, Ooh, it really resonates with me. You know what I mean? In terms of whether it's a Rothko or a, you know, Robbie Trevino, whatever, it just doesn't matter if it looks good and it's pleasing to the mind and, and, and um, uh, really invokes an emotion. Um, Robbie's work really did that for me. Uh, so I had a project um, that I had kind of done two versions of uh, one was just like a basic piano series and then ultimately what had happened is I, I hooked up with a composer, um, uh, Gregory Reverett, and then we actualized it into a symphony. Um, it's a, oddly enough, it's, it's like one of, it's my magnus opus. It's the greatest thing I've, I feel that I've ever done, but it's also the most kind of skipped over thing <laughs> when it comes to, uh, you know, all things dead mouse. Um, so uh, I'm now revisiting that work because as soon as I started seeing some of those images, I started hearing that music again. And I now I was like, Robbie, I would love, of course, to work with you on this project. And um, and I didn't have any particular idea in mind, even though I was hearing the music as I'm looking at this stuff, is that it's not this angry mech rock music or you know just creepy ambiance there was a real like a melodic structure came to mind and um so i've decided uh of course with robbie's blessing to kind of take abstractions from a really old project called seven um which was the seven deadly sins composed to music uh like piano concertos basically and now that was the organic side um, so that that fit the vegetative vibe of the natural world kind of thing, like he said, with that movie Annihilation, which was a, a pretty good 
uh, thing, but annihilation, but with like a layer of tech that didn't exist. So say the annihilation existed in a world where we had roaming mechs, uh, but then the roaming mechs roamed into that bubble and coalesced with that vegetation and stuff like that. That would have been gnarly. Then some bear with fungus on its head you know, or, or something like that. You know what I mean? Screaming lady inside of it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so crazy. Yeah. So, so um, I've opted to do a mech layer of, you know, kind of music to that uh, concerto to align with the pieces. And of course, uh, I don't know how, how much detail I can give away, but like, again, there's this one gargantuan figure that's like overweight, uh, and kind of slothy and dopey and probably not the quickest on its feet, but it's more of this like, you know, pet elephant kind of thing. And, um, uh, you know, like a piece like Gula, which means, um, which is one of the seven deadly sins uh, of um, not sloth, but uh, eating too much. Uh, what is it? Oh, 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 uh, gluttony? Gluttony. gluttony. Yeah, yeah, gluttony. Yeah. And I think I think you know what piece I'm referring to. This yeah, is yeah, that I kind do. of thing where it's like overflowing with yeah. stuff, you know. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it's a bit extra, you know. Like so, Gula rung out for that, and then there are. I actually had to have conversations with him because I wanted to learn more about the story while creating the music. So he's got another piece, and I'm like, well, is this guy a friend or a foe? Because like, I mean, like, because you're looking at it, and I mean, you don't know the story unless you had the story there. And I'm like, is this guy like? against you or for you you know what i mean so i i got i got to take a little bit of time to explore the story with robbie and uh, then that way that could change my attitude towards making the music because then it would be something less sinister and maybe a little more awkwardly welcoming uh verse or you know kind of a a cautious acceptance uh to a certain situation in, in some of these panels and um the consistency between you know the designs and stuff like that obviously play into the tune of this is a story it's not just four random pieces of art um and and that's something that's really to be admired from an artist because uh, I struggle with that a lot sometimes, especially when creating a music album, because you uh, you always earmark like you want to make Pink Floyd's The Wall. You want to have a start, a middle and an end, but it has to exist over eight songs. You know what I mean? And those eight songs have to be listened to in that in that order, you know, because it's a there's a peak, there's a valley and then there's a, you know, a weird turn. And then and then and then it kind of slows to a stop at the end, you know. That's the traditional way of making an album. And as per my generation or where we grew up, albums are starting to be phased out. So as a musician, my job is now fuck an album. Like I'll just do singles because, and then create the piece of music to be the story arc just for the one song, because, you know, people don't buy albums. They buy your one track and stuff like that. So it's good to be back in the mindset that you have four unique pieces that are thematically one uh, and have an arc to it that need consistency linked between the pieces. And, and that's a really fun thing to do because I just got off the back of um, doing a film score that needed that, you know, because a movie is a story. It has a, a beginning, an intro, you know, and then the kind of the heightened peak and then it gets, it goes into overdrive near the end and then it comes to a conclusion. Um, so I had learned to work that way in, in composing soundtracks for a film. And now I have to do it, but the film is not a film. It's four images. And, and I treated it the same. And so now I have to have that consistent theme across the four pieces. Uh, I did the first one, sort of. Um, I, have to, I have to finish it up still, make it make it nice, and uh, of course um, get Robbie's blessing on it because mm -hmm. he is he is ultimately the director, the the purveyor, the producer of the work. I'm just the guy that's doing the music. Um, so this is the Robbie show. This isn't the Dead Mouse show. This isn't the you know what I mean. The, the oh, listen to my audio and and buy this piece for the audio. If you if you're interested in buying this piece, buy it for Robbie because he's the storyteller. He's the presenter. He's the guy that's gluing this together, and he's going to be the dude that's going to be you know like ultimately uh, disagreeing with me if I have an idea that doesn't attune to him because he knows the story better than I ever will. I can only ask him questions. Um, and it's it's up to his discretion to basically say if my answers were, you know, in line with his storytelling through these uh, four pieces. So uh, that's something to really keep in mind uh, about this particular drop.
Well, thanks. Thanks. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear it. I'm really glad that you're, uh, you're picking up a lot of the stuff that I'm putting down. I, th I think one of the interesting things, one of the most interesting things about this project is it's, I feel like it's it's a story about me. Like the traveler is a metaphor for me finding my creative voice. And I know how the story is going to end, but I don't know how the rest of my life is going to go. And I've never been able to focus on this particular story, this particular project uh, for long enough than more than getting past book one, just because financially I was never able to do it. You know, like doing personal art wasn't a full-time job for me. Uh, it, it looks like it's going to change now. That's, that's, and that's why I referred to you by the infinite runway to pursue my own interests, you know, um, earlier in the conversation, but basically like the traveler, their story is going to change. Like when my life story changes. So like as things move along, you know, like hopefully, you know, this, this drop goes great and, you know, people, people love it. And they, you know, the, everyone gets like an awesome thing out of it. You know, they get an experience. I'm trying to sell a world here. I'm a world builder. I'm trying to sell a world building experience. You know, this isn't just art. This is a story. I'm just using art to, to describe the story. If I was a musician, I would try to, I would try to tell the same story using my music. If I was a 3d guy, you know, the 3d guy, like I I'm, I'm the, I'm the fine art static, image illustrator guy. That's, that's what I do. But yeah, this is very much a story that's going to change like as my life changes, because I'm going to put myself back into that character, back into the traveler. And it's, it's one of those things where it's kind of an ever changing project. And I think, I think I'm going to try to do four, potentially five books when it's all said and done. I know how this is going to end because the end result is, you know, I can't, I can't really say what the ending is, but it's, it's something that that I had to learn about myself and that I know will be something that I, I die being and believing. <laughs> this might be really hard to explain. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying not to, I'm trying not to like spoil it without, without like, uh, yeah. Um, I guess what I'm saying is that this, this is a project that I plan on continuing to work on like past book one. I want this thing to grow into something that's bigger than I ever will be. This is, you know, this is like uh, my, my art child, right? Like I, I don't have any children that I know of, but like I have my art children, you know, like this is what I leave behind, right? This is what I want to leave all of you with. It's like my big grand finale. And so for me, you know, yeah, I'm going to be putting a lot of time and a lot of effort into this project. And this is just the first chapter in that project. Uh, and the, the exciting part about it is that I get to share it with people in a meaningful way uh, that I couldn't really before. I, I, I just like logistically, financially, I've never been able to get this into the hands of, of more than a few people, you know, or, or just, you know, snippets and clips and bits of what I've been able to share online. This is a chance to really get this out to as many people as are interested. And uh, I mean, yeah, if, if you like looking at weird shit, you know, you'll like this too. That's like the go. easier way of explaining <laughs> the it. The TLDR. If you yeah, love that's, that's, weird shit, you'll love this drop. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the, the one comment that I get a lot on my stuff is I don't know what the fuck I'm looking at, but I like it. <laughs> yeah, Which, it is. It is like conceptually, it is what the fuck, but visually it is aesthetically pleasing um, in your shapes. You know what I mean? And the way that you've decided to dress these up. And one of the, one of the first things I asked Robbie actually is like, are you modeling this in 3d? And then like, kind of, he's like, nope, just, you know, drawing it, just dry, <laughs> because I can conceptualize 3D things in 3D space when I'm modeling artwork and, and stuff like that. And then I'm like, Ooh, yeah, okay, that's the beauty frame. That's where the art is going to happen on top of that template. But to have the kind of the brain or obviously talent um, uh, over, of course, the decades that you've put into, you know, pencil on paper to be able to get those perspectives right is well for someone who doesn't do it seems impossible to do without the aid of 3d software and a camera fov and you know what i mean and your your mm -hmm. perspective your vanishing point and all that stuff where how that all works out in your mind is you're basically recreating in your brain what you would need 3d software to do um because i can take two spheres right like or say cubes uh, rather um uh, of the exact same size and then put one back here you know like in the distance and then set my fov to like you know 35 degrees or uh or sorry 35 millimeter aperture on the camera and then i can know but i couldn't draw that on paper for you if i tried 
Um, and that was something that really stood out to me because, you know, having looked at the, the, some of the panels of Robbie's art, I was like, oh, cool. So you're modeling in these in 3D and then you're kind of cell shading them. And he's like, no, I just, I just draw it. Like, what? <laughs> Which was kind of a bummer in a way that in the tech sense, if it was a 3D model, we could really do some stuff. You know, we could play with cameras and angles and shit like that. But, you know. Hey man, you know, props to you, but uh, you know, now if you could do that at 35 well, frames a second, we could just the, the, the plan, <laughs> the plan is definitely to learn new tools and just expand the possibilities. You know, that's like, they're just tools. I, 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 I'm kicking myself. If I would have known if anyone, I'm sure a lot of people, right. Like now that this NFT thing is a thing, right. I'm sure a lot of people, but if only I would have known what was coming and I planned for it better, like even a year in advance for me, I would have a whole 3d skill set where i'm just i'm modeling everything you know i'm it's like a whole vr experience you know kind of like what like belelish does you know with like these these rotating sort of like busts of like beautifully modeled and like rendered you know sculpts like I, like yeah i'm very limited by my uh the tools that i use but like i do i do appreciate the uh the technical props because yeah I, before i was an illustrator i went to school to be an industrial designer because growing up in detroit you know, you're, you're around all kinds of hardware, like old. I actually believe that a lot of that aesthetically manifests itself in my work too. If you I if bet you, you look, it did, it was oh, very oh, industrial design in it's, Detroit. It's, yeah. You, you, yeah. You, what you, what you find like Detroit isn't like every city, there's good places and bad places, but there's a reason that city has the reputation that it does. You know, there's, there's a lot of urban decay. It, you can find that anywhere, but I also found it in Detroit. So <laughs> like, like shocking the, right oh spo spoilers but the uh the 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 old tech right like old rundown like car car factories and you know like like rusted out shells of vehicles you know that are sort of taken back by nature right like you're seeing organic intermixed with you know man-made material a lot of that design language you know uh, it found its way into my visual vocabulary. It's not literally one for one, but it's clearly an influence, you know, that's, and that's one of the most fascinating things about like any artist, you know, whether it's a musician, a visual artist, whatever, you know, is, is there sort of a combination, like there, a, a, a coalition, I don't, know how, I don't know how to say it, a combination of all of their, their life experiences and their influences, you know, some of like, there's one, I forget his name, uh, Teo Prince. He's this landscape uh, painter, concept artist amazing color palette all right you you talk to him about his childhood spent a lot of time on like giant cargo freight container ships you know like he's around these colorful giant steel boxes you know it found its way into his visual vocabulary now he has this amazingly colorful you know uh it almost looks arbitrary the color choices but it's there it's very unique to what he does you know just like with me i've got my weird influences too and what you're left with is this you know, like flesh tech abominations that are, it's not really body horror because there isn't actually violence. There's no violence in anything that I do. It's, it's just, it's just a, a world of ethereal amazement and, and wonderment. It's not, it's not, it's not violent. Gore. Yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's not gore. I've been, a lot of people describe it as like, uh, what do they say? Uh, body, body gore, body horror. And it's like, no, 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 but the, not really. Like, do you see bondage? Do you see actual blood? blood? Yeah. No, there's, there's just exposed anatomical <clears throat> pits that are showing where they shouldn't be showing. Like there's things that shouldn't be where they should be. And I like to think and similarly to annihilation. Cause I just, it's such a good comparison. Like, like the planet of numinous is it's, it's, it's a lot like life. Life isn't, or, or a cancer maybe even like, it's 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 not inherently evil it's just sort of it does what it does you know like the planet chooses to just reassemble things however it sees fit it's not attacking you it's not for you it's 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 just unaware and it's just seemingly doing what it does like like clockwork and and if you get caught in its in its grasps like it will do to you what it does and you don't have a lot of control over it sometimes hey Similarly. robbie i was wondering can we talk about your your palette choice Sure. Um, because it's I, I if it, just as an observer, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and again, I'm no like art expert um, or you know affectionado like you know a fucking. Uh, but I did just <laughs> as the common observer notice that you you have very you have a palette. 
Um, and it is, it is consistent across all of your work, or at least the work that I've seen, you know, where it's very toned down. It's not vibrant. Um, it's, it's kind of like in the middle, in the middle of saturation levels from black and white to there. It's like, it's like about a, a 40% for me, you know, where you could pop it. You know what I mean? Like you could pop those reds, you could pop the green for the, like some kind of like ooze kind of stuff or something like that. But you, you, you almost purposefully don't and it's very pastel for lack of a better word um it's, it's, it's muted it's very it, muted it, it, yeah like 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 the like playing a guitar with the strings all open versus palm yeah muting you yeah, know what i mean yeah, that's muted. what it visually resonates with me and i was just wondering if that's something that you know you do intentionally on a lot of these i would i would say so because like once you understand color theory and how it works within nature, like I spent a lot of time observing materials and colors in nature and it changes all the time, depending on the season, the time of day, you know, lighting, light sourcing, all of that. There's all kinds of things, but when you understand, when, when you understand color and its relationship to like one color and its relationship to another color, you begin to notice that colors exist like everywhere. And there's a whole spectrum of them but you don't really get that vibe necessarily like with just your everyday experience. You know, you're not thinking about it. You're just kind of observing it. You don't even notice it, but there's, you're, you're taking in tons of color at once. Uh, but the reason it's not overwhelming unless it is overwhelming, you know, is because it's, 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 it's desaturated. It's not super vibrant necessarily. Like it, like if that makes sense, I, and if I do choose a vibrant color, like it's, it's, it's a device used to focus your eye. Usually same thing with the compositional elements, you know, like I'm trying to like everything I do because it's all drawn by hand. It's all designed meticulously. Like none of this is a happy accident. Like it just came to me. I, I literally, no, no, I literally have to plan every single, and I do, and I'm, I'm, I'm methodical with it. And I, I I'm very intentional uh, and between the colors and like the shapes, you know, a lot of this is, I think the reason why people can look at the subject matter and go, I don't know what this is, but then they say, I still enjoy it aesthetically is because design like math is a universal language. Once you understand what a human perceives as aesthetically pleasing, you can then apply that design language to any subject matter, including a weird fleshy one that no one would usually look at or think about, but still can look at and go, wow, it's, it's weird, but like, I like it. It looks kind of cool, you know? Like that, it's, a, it's the same thing with color palettes, you know, like you're, you're just communicating a vibe or an idea and it doesn't have to be the most saturated thing ever. It's appealing because, you know, like the, uh, the shapes, all the other things are working together with it to just create a compelling image. Like it's so not you, just one thing. It's a bunch of things. Would you spend a time on, okay, so say you have your, your flattened image, right? Mm -hmm. Do you ever find yourself, and I'm, I'm curious, uh, because uh, do you design it that way? Or do you take your flattened image when you're done, add an effect layer, and then adjust color balances uh, on the whole? Some, uh, so, sometimes I will. Like, I, I do work in a layered fashion. It's not all, like, you know, I'm not working on one layer. Like, there's, there's kind of an ugly underdrawing, and then, like, a cleaner line drawing on top, and then I'm filling things in. And sometimes things need to be layered in a way that, like, you can then apply effects to, especially if you do things like my style almost everything has a border on it. And that's, that is a, that is all about literally like I have to my right of me, I have a tablet monitor. It's just a, it's just a monitor and I, I draw on it. You know, I use Photoshop and so Wacom and, you know, so I'm drawing on the screen directly, but it's, it like, yes, I do need to use layers, not all the time, but sometimes. Well, I think I mean like, okay, so as a musician, I use layers too. Like I got drums, synths, vocals, right? Sure. Let's say that all it was. But then I have a channel like called the master, right? Where the three are summed, right? And mm -hmm. then I put effects on that master channel to like, I see, I see. you know what I mean? Like, what, do you, do you spend a lot of time in that world where you're taking the final image output and then mastering the image, like doing color corrections? <laughs> Sometimes I'll tweak like the levels and the contrasts. Like I, I don't like, if you look at my work, like black as a color, like isn't really there, like not a pure harsh inked black usually. And if it is, it's just, it's somewhere in like the line work that acts as a border around something else. But generally like the, the, like the shadows, like if we could look at this thing on like a grayscale spectrum, like, like swatches, like paint swatches, I'm painting the house, right. You're going to find like a lot of whites, 
down to some darker grays, but you're not going to find any like jet blacks in there, right? Like zero, zero, zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and if that ever does come up in my work, like I'll correct it with like an overall like like level adjustment layer where I'm just crunching and sliding and kind of moving the contrast and the brightness around so that it kind of brings everything to sort of a happy middle ground where it's just, there's nothing really harsh about my work. It's not, it's not super punchy. It's, it's, it's kind of subdued. It's more, it's, it's very equalized. Yes. Yes. And like a lot, and sometimes that I've done the same thing so much now that like, I don't really have to like rely on those adjustment layers as much right, anymore. Because you, but I, you natively do them that way. Yeah, yeah. But but sometimes I still do. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's Photoshop. No, like, no, no. I mean, yeah, but but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, if that answers your question, it's yeah, kind of, no, it's just I, yeah. I just find it amazing because it's like if if you're doing like this purple red kind of vibe, right? And and mm -hmm. and you know, and that's how you're creating it. And then at the end of the day, you take the hue slider on the master and say, Oh, it's green and blue. Yeah. Some, yeah, you know what I mean? Like that's a pretty just, drastic mastering process, but sure. it's a creative decision nonetheless. Sometimes I'll just look at something that I worked on all day. I have a rule. I will before I post anything to social media, before I show it to anyone else, I I, I don't look at it for maybe a day or two. Like I just I put it down, I just walk away. And I come back to it and I notice all kinds of things that I didn't notice before. And I'm constantly flipping this thing. Uh, horizontally as well. Like I'm, I'm checking, you know, cause you see everything, you know, like your reflection is completely different than what you think you actually look like, you know, all that, like it's the same thing with art. You know, I'm noticing all kinds of things. It takes like that sort of time away from it to see mm. it with fresh eyes. But when I do almost always, I notice, Oh, you need to bump up the saturation on this by just like 10%, just ever so slightly. It's something that no one will probably even notice, but I'm so sensitive to it that I see it. And it, you, you could, I could, I've sent like before and afters to people and they're like, you're fucking insane. It looks exactly the same. And I'm like, no, it's completely different. Can't you see it? And they're like, no, like you're crazy, man. Robbie, but, you're going through every existential crisis that you have as a visual artist, as I have as a musician. Oh, there you, you know, go. I write the song and then it's done. And then I don't listen to it for a day, come back to it. And I'm like, whoa. And then, then make eight. 4 dB adjustment on a single frequency you know what I mean and then you know to the layman it's like what and to me and I'm like yo <laughs> you know I mean I mean well how, yeah. how about this let me ask you this like this is this is a process that I have almost to this day verbatim it started when I when I was starting out and it's still a thing that I go through almost every time I do a new piece which is pretty much every day or every other day I okay this is the life cycle it's gonna be a circle ready begins holy shit I have a great idea I'm so excited. I can't wait to get started on this. But halfway through, okay, why the fuck did I ever think I could do this art thing? This is insane. I'm going to burn this thing down to the ground. I'm walking away. Mm, come back to it. I'm going to push through it, but I'm still not happy. About three quarters of the way, uh, it's not that bad. Just finish it. And then I finish it, and it's fine. <laughs> okay, and then the there's cycle a repeats. very famous quote from a very famous musician. I, I can't remember who it was, but music is never finished. It's just abandoned. Yeah. Like it always ends with, uh, you already did it. Just do it. Just, and then I put it out and then I'll look at it. Maybe even a year later, I'll be like, that wasn't that bad. You psycho. Like, what are you, man, you, you, you were looking at that for too long. And that's every single piece that I work on. I swear to God, it's every single piece. I, like I never, just, I never, I never once do something and I go, yeah, we're fucking here. Yeah, that's it. It's I've arrived. Gone. Fucking so, yeah. Um, I'm the shit. Now, Robbie, no, let me ask you this now. Uh, as this would be Savage's job, but uh, um, uh, do you ever feel like you could go back to any of your completed works and do better? A few, yes, but a lot of them, I don't know. I, yes, and no, it depends on the piece. So, right. I guess, yes, I do feel like I could go back to some of them, not all of them, though, right? But some of them, I especially, and that's why, uh, word to artists, creatives, whoever out there. If you have an idea and you feel like you don't have the technical chops to do it justice at the time, take a note because you can, I swear to God, I, I looked through my old, I looked through my old college, like note notebooks and my sketchbooks, like from like 10 years ago. And I went like, oh my God, like these are really great ideas. This is when I was like uninhibited by like, you know, jobs and stuff. And I was just, I just had ideas at the time. I think I didn't pursue those ideas because the technical skills I had at the time wouldn't have done them justice. But I, I look back at them now and I go, oh, man, that's a great idea. But I'll never remember it if I don't catalog it. So, yeah. yeah. But so same, sometimes same I for... do. 
sometimes I do look back at old ideas that I had done that I went like, oh, like that was a good idea, but you could have done it better. Like, and now I probably could do it better. And so maybe there are a few pieces that if I find the time I could revisit and improve upon. So yeah. the ones that you would say you couldn't approve upon, right? That you're happy with. Yeah, yeah. Would you consider those those Hail Marys? You know what I mean? That you could not replicate that process again if you tried. You know, I, I look at I look at a lot of them and I go, like, especially with like the like the NFT stuff, for example, right? Like I'll, I'll use the NFT thing for example. Like a lot of people I see, I see a lot of old artists, like you know, OGs that I followed forever coming out of the woodwork, right? And they're they're getting in on the scene too. And they're using a lot of their old work, the stuff that inspired me from way back when. I recognize it. I'm like, oh my God, that was like a desktop of mine forever. That's crazy. Like, you know, th like those, those guys, um, I, I look, I look at the work and oh my God, I fucking brain farted so hard just now. I'm so sorry. It completely, <laughs> it completely, I completely lost it, dude. No, well, I, I just mean you're, you're, you're the ones that you, you Cut would that say. Out. No, the ones that you would say that you you have completed and you couldn't improve upon, would you consider that a Hail Mary that couldn't be replicated? Okay, yeah. So I, I, I think in the rush of FOMO, a lot of people post their old work, you know, because they think they couldn't do better, right? And they just, they want to put their best work out there. Uh, and the thing is, I've done the same, maybe not in the NFT space, really, because I'm so new to all this, we all are, but like, I... I'll look at stuff that I've already done. And a lot of times I will think I probably can't do better than that, you know? And that's especially something that, you know, it's like that, that's, that's like the banger, save it, you know, like, cause you can never replicate it again, save it for something amazing. But the thing is I will make more work and I do all the time. And it usually ends up being equally well-received and equally well-appreciated. And at the end of the day, I, I'm just as satisfied. Usually I'd say there's maybe two pieces in my portfolio that I'm like, I probably can't that's probably lightning in the bottle for me. You know what? I've, I've, I can totally relate. Yeah. There's a very popular track of mine called Strobe that I have been trying to recreate. Um, mm. Not remix, not reimagine, not use the same melody or the lead or anything, but mm -hmm. trying to capture the same thing. You know what I mean? In, yeah. in musical format, because everyone's like, that's your, your greatest track and na, na, na. And, and in my mind, it is the... I almost never released it. Like I, it, there was a huge high percentage of the odds working of that ever seeing a release because I just was not feeling it. I didn't like the engineering. I was literally badgered by someone who worked at my record label to say, yo, you have to put this out. And I resisted it for a very long time. And then it, it went out and lo and behold, it's probably one of the tracks that you would say, oh, listen to this, this the, from this artist. That's the track you go yep. to, you know what I mean? And it's a really interesting thing because it's kind of terrifying in the sense that why can't I recreate this? I am 20 years older. I am 20 years more knowledgeable. I'm 20 years more, you know, experienced in engineering and music creation, and I still can't redo that. So there are these tiny miracles, you know, that have kind of happened in a creative's life that just cannot be reproduced. And, and you sometimes get caught up or debilitized by the idea that you can't do that again, even though it was your own shit. I'm not even talking about doing yeah, something that yeah. greater, more talented people have done. I'm talking about yourself. And right. that is the most self-deprecating, fucking debilitating, depressing thought in the world. I, and I wonder how you as a visual artist, um, you know, deal with that or have experienced it. I, I, I think, well, I think first of all, I think a lot of times like that, that effect, right? Like the thing, the thing that you love about that, right? Okay, like people didn't start responding to my work until I started doing my own style and then in turn the numinous thing. I think part of the reason why they respond to that is because they see such a genuine message inside of it, which is Robbie, just being Robbie. It's unchained me, me doing me, no art direction. I'm just, this is what you let me do if no one is paying me to do it. And they respond to that. Like when I don't do those kinds of pieces, they don't have that effect on me. They don't have that effect on people. Like the two, the two, the two that I'm thinking of that I'm like, man, I can't recreate that. Like are definitely part of that project, part of that experience, part of that journey. And actually funny enough, one of those pieces just sold to Tommy, Tommy from, from Nifty Gateway today, like shout out to Tommy, one of one good job. It was the scouts piece, which is literally, it's this, 
it's this this team of like these fleshy creatures that are sort of surveying this landscape right and they're on this this big mountain cliff like top and they're, they're looking out and there's sort of like these weird almost like moby-esque humanoid heads like statues can like rock formations in the distance you know and the leader is is this 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 creature you know it's it's it, it i would describe it as bipedal because it does have appendages and it does more or less have a sort of encased head helmet mushroom shape type design on its head but it's the lower half of its body is an actual severed hand that walks like this so it's like if you can imagine like an arm that is cut off here and then a person's upper half inserted at the top right so it's basically a, a guy that has like a his body ends in a hand right it's the weirdest fucking shit okay people always look at this like i love that piece you know that's why like i put it up as a one of one and i got all kinds of bids on it and i just sat on it and people are like what do you do and sell this thing and i'm like no I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until I think it's worth it because I really don't want to let go of that piece. And of all people to grab it, it was Tommy from Nifty Gateway. So shout out to Tommy. But that is one of those two pieces. The other one, um, I, I haven't I actually put it up yet. Like I haven't minted it. I don't know if I'm going to, but yeah, there are two pieces that I see. And like you, you ask, you ask, how, how do I deal with that? Like, uh sometimes not well like existentially uh if anything it does kind of motivate me to just do better every time i do art and i think that's part of what frustrates me so much each time i do art if, if i stayed within my comfort zone and i didn't try to make something new every time i did something and that's what i try to do like because i literally every new piece i i don't like stay there's a certain design aesthetic that i stay within because I want it to look like me, but I'm always doing something new with my art, like always. And it's always something that I've never done before. So it's the most challenging, like mind numbing thing of like, it'd be if you were like, I'm if every new mouse, every new dead mouse track was like something that you've never even tried before, you know, and, and you, you go into it, right? I do this every time I go into this process going, I've done art for a while. This will be easy. And by the end of it, I'm like, oh my fucking God, what have I done? Like, this is the, <laughs> this is never going to work. And it kind of comes together all the time at the end. And chances are, I'm in my head about this way more than I should be. And it's actually probably a pretty great piece of art because no one ever goes, oh, like, what is this? Like, bring back the good shit, you know? No, pe people like it. But I feel like in my head, I still, I still look. And even if I make 20 new good pieces after that those two other awesome ones i still i still part of me looks back uh and i'm like i still don't think i topped it and maybe maybe remaining hungry in that way is what is what is the incentive and is, is what pushes you forward to keep making new content to keep oh, 100 right 100 agree because because all the people i know who didn't evolve were the people that were like this is good enough like i'm great it's just like well yeah you're definitely gonna like not move anywhere and then they haven't these are people that you know never got into the never got past i mean i'm thinking of people that like you know still work at like the hot topic in my hometown or whatever you know like <laughs> like yeah, i mean you know, you know what that's, I mean? that's the difference between you know a passion-fueled creative versus someone who can do something um you know um whereas that we're always hungry I mean, always striving to do better, do better, do better, do better. And I'm, I'm not saying, oh, only artists are, you know, specialized in this skill of trying to outdo themselves. I mean, you can apply that to anything, whether you're a day trader or a fucking working at Hot Topic to, you know, the fine arts. And, and Not that and there's anything like that, wrong with working at Hot not, Topic. No, no, absolutely just, not. Just, just saying. It's, Especially it's... when you're selling my merch. Thanks, guys. Yo. Um, yay. Shout out to Hot Topic. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> Sponsor me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't even get me started. Um, so, uh, no, yeah, yeah, no, I like, mean, that's yeah. that's really great that you feel that way. And I, and and we probably share a lot of commonalities, uh, you know, from two, two artists from two different mediums, but both mm -hmm. artists nonetheless. Uh, and well, we're telling, and as well we're, as we're, we're expressing ourselves and we're telling we're telling yeah. stories, you know, we're, we're, whether, whether it's something as simple as a vibe or something as complex as like a, a five part book series. It's, it's the same thing. We're creating things, you know, and and yeah, like remaining hungry is the only way that I really deal with that existential crisis. Cause like, yeah, I could just say, yeah, it's, I'm never going to do better. And then that's it. Then I guess I don't do anything for the rest or of my life. They do the, the kind of what we would now consider pop culture, the homogenization of the, I don't need to do better because this works. So I'm going to use this template. See, and I, then 
No, I, I, I understand. <laughs> I just, that is, that goes again. It's like the antithesis yeah. of like my very, philo- like my philosophy, my, my, my philosophical existence, like at my core is like, I left my hometown because I just like, not that there's anything wrong with the people I lived with, but like everyone was comfortable. And I was like, there is so much stuff that I want to do. I can't do any of it here. Like I, I gotta, I gotta go do stuff. Like I can't accept mediocrity. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love all, I love you all, but like, but you're all like, mediocre. Yeah, yeah, you're all media. No, like a good kind of mediocre. Like good, I love good, good, all. good though. Yeah, how I can yeah. try to paraphrase that. Yeah, That's I just, always I, a tough one. I, I just, I, I just, there's, I have too many ideas, too many motivations, and I just, I can't. Like it's like a hamster wheel; it never stops going. It's just yeah. constantly spinning all the time. Especially with this crypto stuff, man. I sleep like four hours, like a night now. I'm always awake, like just thinking. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how everybody else feels about that, but this stuff keeps me up at night, man. Like. Just, just thinking about the possibilities. I'm newer well, to the good. space than you guys are. It's mostly out of excitement, though. We honestly. all benefit from your insanity. I'll, I'll just say that, Robbie. All right, good. <laughs> stay, stay crazy. I, I, I plan on it, man. I don't think there's any coming back from me. And by Same. the way, I just want to point this out right now. And I'm being, this is, I'm being 100% honest when I say this. No drugs during my creative process. Everyone tells me, how oh, do you really? Do? You know what? No. I get that a lot too. And you know what? Same oh my. thing. I've never I, no, done no, no. a drug in my life. Well, I've, I've smoked I, a little weed, but. No, no, I, I've done drugs, but not while I'm making art. Because <laughs> right. if that was the case, it would be oh. like just face in the keyboard nothing i wouldn't get just anything done the breath of the relief from the listeners oh thank god you yeah still, that, you still fucked up <laughs> that I, and that that is like that is like the, the those are like the jokes right like like if i could be turned into a meme it's just like yo what like what what were you dropping that day brah mm-hmm. and it's just like pretty pretty sweet shit brah and i'm just like dude no listen if i just have ideas they're weird ideas but they're ideas sometimes <laughs> very that's, salvadorian yeah. of you you know it's like i don't take drugs i am drugs you know yeah maybe i literally just am a drug i don't know but yeah, yeah just wanted to get that clear I, now the question is on drugs what would happen i don't know would a singularity form like a black hole or something i, I think i just get like, bored and go do something else <laughs> i get frustrated of my inability to create and then i would go watch some goofy show and laugh my ass off for the rest of the night i don't think i could create uh you know uh, encumbered by uh, chemicals or anything else same same no my my neurology doesn't work that way like I, I i play badminton <laughs> or something that really didn't require me to perform you know what i mean or uh, well hit a badminton shuttle maybe but like i would totally just find something else to do if i had to um you know be bombarded with chemicals or something for for recreation because i don't think i i don't create for recreation i i jet ski <laughs> you know what i mean right or, right right or or play a video game or you know watch netflix that's my recreation and there's always been this kind of line well wait isn't making music fun for you well it is but it's more of a passion fueled endeavor than it is a recreational activity because making music or creating maybe for you to me induces a lot of stress sometimes in it in order to be able to channel that negative energy positive energy energy period we're not even going to denote the type um sometimes you have to work under stress of you know what i mean uh having that mental mindscape of like like i said try me trying to write the next strobe every time i start making a new piece of music is stressful um it's you know it's an exercise that puts me in certain places and then i either tune into it or tune out of it and maybe the resistance of turning tuning out of it is what makes the work that that is resulted from that session you know what i mean so to me that's not recreation that's like that's totally different um, because people would assume, you know, maybe non-creatives and no disrespect to non-creatives because they're those are the people we want to inspire and all that stuff too. listen to a piece of music and think that, oh, is it, isn't, isn't that fun for you? Well, yeah. You know what? It rewarding. I would be an objective um, uh, or yeah, it's just, but I wouldn't associate recreation with art by a long shot, you know, um, because it's for, for me. Um, but you, then you do have recreational arts where it's like, you know, Hey man, I just, I, I really just 
tune out of my job and all that stuff by spending an hour a day doodling on a canvas. And, and then that, that can be a form of fun, you know, but when yeah. your profession and your, your food, family, shelter, and health rely on that kind of thing, then it becomes less fun. Uh, but not to say that I don't enjoy it because I do enjoy being under stress. I do enjoy being hyper analytical of a creative process that is enjoyment, but it's not recreation. Yeah. So no, how like, do you feel about art as a detractment from other things in your life? Uh, well, I mean, I think I feel like a lot in the way, like how you were describing it, like rec, like recreation for me. Like I think about when I am making, like if I'm working on numinous, this is a, okay, everyone get out of the room. Leave me alone. I'm unplugging. I'm going to, I'm going to be in here. Don't talk to me. I'm, I'm disappearing for the day. All right. This is important shit. <laughs> then <laughs> like if I'm, if I'm out with friends and we're at like a drink and draw and we're sketching in our sketchbooks, like none of the stuff I've ever drawn outside of like, if I'm like out like at a social event or something with people, it's never meaningful. Like that is art in the form of recreation in the form of art for me. Like that is, that's just having fun. I'm literally just blowing off steam. Nothing meaningful has ever come out of it. It's, it's nothing I would ever show proudly per se. Sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it's just drunken nonsense. Like sometimes it's sober nonsense, but like, yeah, like the two really are separate for me. Like I know a lot of people who like, I, I know people who they'll be, they'll work all day and then they'll go, okay, I'm going to take a break. And like, while they're on their lunch break, they will still, they'll do a lunch break sketch. And I'm like, I'm not one of those people. I'm like, what are you, what you're like doing work like at work at work? <laughs> like you're adding break. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and they do it, they churn it out. And that's what they're all about. Some people are exclusively, it's just sketchbooks. They just doodle. They just constantly, it's like this conveyor belt of ideas. You know, it's, it's not like, like big grand pieces. It's like, you know, just tons of ideas, you know, good ideas, bad ideas, just constantly flowing out of them. They're like this, uh, yeah, just like a conveyor belt of it. And I'm just, again, I'm not one of those people. I, I, I'll have my fun, but that is completely separate from like the meaningful, like I am going to create something like of substance here. And it's, it's a process right. and it takes a lot of mental energy and huh. pretty much when I'm done with it, like when I'm done with a piece, there is this almost like, like, and, and 100. Oh fuck. Like, it's like that, you know, like, <laughs> so like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, it, it, it's probably not that black and white, but yeah, I, I, I do, I do, kind of divide the two in my mind a bit because I awesome. have to. Because well, I listen, to. Robbie, it's it's been a pleasure and a privilege to both you know work with you and have this uh, you know couple of hours <laughs> yeah, to, likewise, to speak likewise. with you. Um, I just kind of wanted to to sum it all up and uh, say that you know I'm 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 over the moon. Uh, you know, collaborating with you on these pieces, and I am, uh, yeah, no, not to it, over it, over, oh, um, so, so yeah, like, yeah. like this, yeah, yeah, just, just an orbit, and then I'm okay, coming yeah. back down to earth, and I'll find a new favorite artist in two weeks. Sorry, Ravi, no, I'm joking. no. <laughs>